We really encourage people to learn about uh, their tenant of value, understand that value does not equate to a dollar for dollar increase to their property taxes. And if they want or feel that a change is warranted to work with the auditor's office and provide that justification. We've got a variety of ways in which to do that, uh, but it all starts with learning and knowing your tentative value is out there. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewer District to South Downtown Columbus. Hi, this is Brett. With me is Carol, as always. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about homeowners and those who are owning a home right now or you're ready to purchase a home, one issue that has great impact on that decision is the level of county property taxes currently and, and what could be in the future too. It's been a busy year for our Franklin County Auditor's Office with a focus on the 2023 reappraisal program. Homes in Franklin County increased value by 41% during the past few years. Today's guest, Franklin County Auditor Michael Stenziano, is joining us to answer questions, provide listeners with some details on this year's reappraisal process. Obviously, he's been a guest on the on the podcast before. We've got previous episodes. Listen to those as well. But thanks for joining us again today. My pleasure. Always excited to be here. Go, well, that's good we, to hear. <laughs> we are so so glad to see you. And, and talking about uh, previous podcast episodes, if you want to hear more and more about dog license, then that, that podcast gives all the details about the auditor's office. The auditor's office does a lot. Yes, yeah. it, that it does. So, um, But before we get into those details regarding this year's appraisal process, um, would you share your background and path to the auditor's office and give us a quick overview? It's an interesting and complicated group. Uh, I appreciate that. Um you know, take a lot of pride, born at Mount Carmel West. Uh, mom and dad boldly bought a house in the now short north area in 1980 for a great competitive value compared to what the auditor's value is saying the prices are now. Uh, grew up in Columbus. That meant when I was 18, my goal was to leave Ohio, never come back. Wanted to wear T-shirts and sandals, but obviously boomeranged back. Um, spent some time working for then Secretary of State Jennifer Bruner, became director of the Board of Elections. Good quirk in Ohio law. You can't both run the elections and run for office. So on February 18, 2010, resigned from the board uh, and then announced and ran for the 25th House District. Uh, was very successful. Won with 100% of the vote because uh, my opponent withdrew um, <laughs> and got to serve in the General <laughs> Those Assembly. details are amazing. <laughs> it is. It God, is. God bless you see, your I say honesty. that quickly. Um, <laughs> served in the General Assembly for three, a little over three terms, moved over to Columbus City Council, and now have had the honor of being the county auditor uh, for the last five years. So we're still in year one of the second term. And, <laughs> and um, so I always have to give a shout out to your dad, who took care of my interns when he was in the legislative um, body here in uh, you know Columbus and at the at the state house. So, well, I appreciate that shout out. And part of what I share with folks is you know before Facebook, before Twitter, before email, I was very fortunate to grow up in a household uh, committed to public service. And mm -hmm. Dad gave out our home phone number. And so if my parents weren't home and I'm the one who answered the phone, I was constituent intake mm -hmm. and, and got to hear uh, very early the impact an elected official could have on their community, on the lives of their constituents. And so very lucky I got to have that exposure uh, and kind of seeing that shift with social media and Facebook. While there's still that engagement, nothing beats just people picking up the phone, having that conversation, understanding you know where we can help. Uh, even the auditor's role or the other public service positions. So was very lucky to have both mom and dad's dedication mm -hmm. and getting to see that firsthand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they could either 
pushed you out completely or it drew you in. So, yeah, it, it, it could have had either effect, couldn't have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. Well, in a previous podcast, we discussed the scope of the county auditor's office, which has a varied mixture of responsibilities. But during that podcast, we knew the housing market was soaring and would likely have an impact on property values. Can you start us off with a history of the reappraisal process? I mean, what is it? What property is affected? How often is a reappraisal reappraisal done? And, and why does this have to be done? So it has to be done because it's state law. Okay. Um, uh, every six years, uh, the General Assembly requires that all properties across a county uh, get a, uh, a update and assessment of their valuation. Uh, every six years, it's the mass reappraisal. It's kind of the big one uh, where we go out and review all in Franklin County's case, almost 450,000 parcels. Uh, and then we do a three-year increment update. Those three-year increment updates is really just looking at the real estate and what's going on in the market. The mastery appraisal, not only are we looking at the real estate, we're looking at other factors. You know, what do sidewalks look like? Do you have uh, a school in the neighborhood? Are there other features in the neighborhood and how that impacts uh, what the value of that not only land, but the property will be? So we do it because it's state law uh, and it's something that we could do every year if we wanted to. But it is such a, a big task uh, that every three years is pretty good uh, for particularly Franklin County. I don't know of anybody who gets excited about paying taxes, um, including me, but, you know, it is easier to deal with paying taxes when you know what the money is going for. Um, what gets accomplished in our county? Well, I, so I always like to point out that the uh, tax bill comes from the treasurer, not the auditor, the treasurer. <laughs> um, and, they, and you can look both, though, on the auditor's website and Treasurer Sherbrooke Sullivan's website, what the breakdown of what your property taxes go to. The largest portion of property taxes fund your local schools. Uh, they will average anywhere from 65 to about 72 percent of your property tax bill. Uh, beyond that, we are very generous. And when voters are asked to support um, a taxing entity, uh, so think of uh, Board of Disabilities, think of the zoo, the library, um, senior services. Uh, all of those kind of will get broken out as part of what your property taxes are supporting. Uh, we do share that you pay your taxes in arrears. So think about when you go out to dinner. Typically, uh, you don't pay till after you have that meal. Uh, you don't pay your taxes till after you've received those services. So it's paying for the services you received in the last year. Uh, but it covers a wide range, um, and Franklin County voters continue to be very generous uh, when asked to support an entity through a, a bond or a levy. And it, I think that um, there are so many services that we receive, and everyone always says, well, you want the garbage picked up, you want the streets cleaned, you uh, snow removed, that kind of thing. And then there's sort of an impact of when the snow doesn't get removed. We all remember uh, Mayor Coleman saying, you know, the, the next election is dependent upon the last winter's snow removal. Um, but it's important for people to hear that it's not just the street. It's not just the garbage. There's an amazing amount of stuff that happens. Yeah. And I'll use I, I always brag a little bit about our library system. I mean, about a decade ago, the library went to our community and said, you know, Bob and Betty Buckeyes, if you support us, we will invest in these libraries. We will build new state-of-the-art uh, institutions that are reflective of the community needs, not just for education, but homework, help centers, uh, community meeting locations. And they backed it up. And you can go across this county, and we have seen 
library cutting after library cutting and just really thoughtful new buildings that are reflective of the community and what libraries services can look like. And right. so that's up to those taxing entities to make that case. I always appreciate when they make that case and then really go out into the community and back it up once they've received the benefit and approval from voters. And and that information is online. If yes. somebody wants to know where their money is going for their taxes, that's it's clear information. Correct. So again, you can go to the auditor's website, look up your tax bill. You can go to the treasurer's website. Again, it's the treasurer's bill that is on the auditor's website, and it breaks down where uh, services, your tax dollars are funding different taxing entities. Well, your office has been working toward this reappraisal for a while. You've created a special website called Know Your Home Value to help owners, uh, homeowners through the process. And you can actually just Google Know Your Home Value, Franklin County, and boom, it's going to pop right up. Now, what's been the goal of the auditor's office in the reappraisal, I mean, what steps have you developed for homeowners to remain on top of the process? So the goal of our process is to answer the questions we get. The first question I always get is, what's my value going to be? So know your home value. Uh, on August 8th, we were able to put online everyone's tentative value. It's tentative uh, because until we hit December and the treasurer's tax bill, uh, it is not a complete final value. Uh, but the first question is, what's my value? The second question is, what are my property taxes going to be? And so on the Know Your Home Value, once you enter your parcel, see that tentative value, you can see a tax projector. Uh, it is meant to be informative. It is not a full declaration of this is what your property taxes are, uh, because I cannot tell you what's going to be on the ballot. I don't know what's going to be approved or not approved. Uh, but it, it's meant to be a projective tool because that's the second question we get. What's my taxes? Then the third question I get is, well, what are my neighbors paying in their property values? <laughs> and so with the know your home value, when you look up your property, you can see your tenant value. You can look at recent home sales and you can see what your neighbor's uh, tentative values are as well. And our commitment, again, is I can say these things all day. Uh, but allow uh, Bob and Betty Buckeye to go view it, gather the information they want, understand where we were coming from, not only why this process occurs, but how we establish that value, and then to work with us uh, upon reflection if they think there's something that needs to change in that value. How did you figure out the spread, that, that low high? So we, yeah. we have a little education mm-hmm. of um, knowing – So property taxes are based on the auditor's valuation, Mm -hmm. 35% of the auditor's valuation with your taxing district. And so we looked at the historic nature of taxing districts. We have over about 150 across the county. So it's very taxing district uh, specific and established the range of, as you mentioned, the low and the high of depending on what other valuations could be, that could create it higher or if it stays solid and kind of on the low end and trying to show that median. But- for any property owner that wants to go in and plug numbers, so you could say, you know, what if my value was $100,000 higher? What if it was 50000 lower? And can see the impact and play with the taxes as well. Okay. And, you know, that yeah. information is so important. Um, and th- thank you for, you know, from the Franklin County folks to, for all of this additional information. I went through this in Delaware County a couple of years ago, and I went in house by house in my condominium community to find out what was going on and was able to negotiate what they were saying the value of my condominium was. Well, and so that's where we're at right now. Now that the tentative values are available, we want all property owners in Franklin County to go look at that value. If you feel that value is accurate, that if you were going to sell your property today, it would be in the range that you would list it for on the market. You don't need to do anything else. We kind of suggest just stop. 
Um, but, and then that value will carry forward in December, uh, for the property tax bill purposes by the treasurer, not the auditor, the treasurer. Uh, but if you feel a change is warranted, it's too high or too low, property owners have options. They can submit documentation. Uh, we don't go inside homes. So if you have an older home, maybe needs a need of renovations, uh, send photos in. If you've got a third party appraisal of the property, send that in, um, you can submit documents or you can meet with an appraiser either virtually in person in September, about 20 minute meeting to share that additional information as well. So we want and property owners play a huge role in working with the auditor's office to establish these final values. Okay. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. You had recently completed a series of educational programs at the various libraries to tell people what to do. What specifically are the next steps in this reappraisal process? So Recognizing that the Know Your Home Value website is the one-stop shop of all things uh, mass reappraisal, it's a website. And so, as you noted, we also decided to go out and provide uh, tabling and exhibitions to share. If you have a tax question, here's a tax uh, subject matter expert in the office, and you can have that conversation. Not only see what's on the website, but understand that process. Same with border revision, uh, same with uh, property value review, all the things that are available on the website, actually talk to a human. So, so we're trying to make sure we've covered our entire bases. Now that you have your value currently in existence, you can view it on the Know Your Home Value website. Later in August, every property owner will receive a mailer with that tenant value as well. When you look at that value, if you feel it is accurate in what you would go sell your property for in the market, you don't have to do anything else. If you think it's maybe lower than what you could sell in the open market, maybe you don't want to do anything else. But if you feel you want to see it change, that it's too high or too low, we encourage either document submission or schedule uh, time to meet with an uh, auditor appraisal uh, member and share why you think the value is incorrect. Are there recent sales that you would point to? Are there conditions inside the house that we haven't seen? Do we have the information inaccurate that we're relying on? Uh, is the square footage off? Is there a bathroom bedroom count issue that's mm -hmm. incorrect? All of that will help us establish uh, the final value. Do you, do you suggest that since they have the opportunity to actually talk to somebody, they do that first before they just uh, put information into the pipeline? Because it would be, uh, for me, it would have been better to have had somebody to talk to and then put in information. So people can always contact the auditor's office uh, through the Know Your Home Value website. There's an email. If there's specific questions, you can always email me, auditorstenziano at franklincountyohio.gov, or you can call the office, 614-525-3388 is our dedicated phone line to all things reappraisal. We're happy to answer any questions. Uh, we also have kind of listed on the Know Your Home Value, these are the documents, and if you're going to meet with someone, what we would suggest bringing. Just saying my value's too high is not going to justify a value right. change. Uh, just saying my value is too high because my grass has snakes in it and mold in my fridge, which was an explanation I heard in 2020, <laughs> that's not going to change the valuation. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with a mass reappraisal. But again, if square footage is off, if there's recent sales that are uh, equivalent to the size um, and, and history of your property, if you have a third-party appraisal, that's the information we need and will be helpful to make sure we're establishing the most accurate valuation. So I, I can add additional piece. Um, okay. When you either submit documents or uh, meet with an appraiser, a property owner will not receive a final determination at that time. We have to go back, review the information that is shared, 
And we actually, it's the state department of taxation that guides us as uh, counties as to what the valuation should be. Uh, so the auditor's office is actually more the administrator, if you will, than the final determination. And so if we decide, you know, this property should have a change, we have to submit that through tax, uh, state department taxation, they'll give thumbs up more often than not. And then we're able to give final determination. So in late, early to mid-December, again, before the property tax bill comes out, final determinations will be shared to anyone that submitted the, the documents. If you did nothing, uh, once you received the notifications in August, uh, that carries forward. We won't notify but notify you again. But if you submitted documents, participated, we are going to give that final determination so you know where we're coming from. And even then, if you feel that the values aren't accurate, there's the annual board of revision process. And so we will be talking more about that uh, November, December. We really want folks just focusing right now on the tentative value, kind of evaluating, taking in all the information we have available. But there's additional process questions as well. Um, in terms of uh, some details on documentation that could be recognized. You mentioned an, a third-party appraisal, somebody coming in, looking at your house, giving you something written, not like you said, not just, oh, yeah, in my opinion, it has to be Don't put something. it on a post-it note, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, any other kind of documentation that would be helpful? I would. The photos also okay. help tell the story okay. uh, because we do not go inside anyone's homes. Right. Uh, so today uh, I was corresponding with a resident concerned on the south side. There's a lot of house flipping going on. Uh, those flipping are updating features. They've owned their homes since the early 80s. And gentlemen said, you know, we haven't been updating. Um, and that's provide those documents. Uh, right. Let us know. And then that could play a role in he obviously wanted a value reduction in justifying why a reduction is warranted. Right. Well, and I, I, I completely understand that. And of course, um, to always carrying things too far, I created a spreadsheet and had, I don't know, there were like 30 different homes that I was doing details of when it was originally bought and how many times it was sold after that and, you know, all the, how many square foot and all of that information, that's probably going over and above. Hey, we'll, we'll take anything. Um, and, and over and above is better than less. Good point. Um, Very good yeah, point. That's okay. true. And, that's and, true. And also want to share that if you come in and you make your case through uh, document submission or meeting with an appraiser, we are not going to increase the value because all of a sudden you provided new information. Um, so oh, it'll either point. be held the same or reduced if you're seeking a reduction. Uh, we do have, uh, I keep mentioning people who think the value is too low. We have found if someone's planning to put their property on the market in the next year, they want to get the highest value they can. And so we will have the occasional, very rare, but the occasional property owner that says, hey, I want my value to be higher. And, and we can work with them as to why. But that's a good point that mm. just because you're giving documentation, you're not sort of shooting yourself in the foot correct. and getting no, a correct. higher well, tax that's, break. Hey, that's good comment. So, yeah. Right. And yeah. we're lucky in Franklin County. Not every county does this, uh, has this process to meet with an appraiser. Uh, some counties, it's only document submissions. Some counties just say file at the Board of Revision. So we really want property owners to take advantage that if they feel the value is off, work with the auditor's office. Uh, learn what information is helpful, mm -hmm. bring that to the table, and, and let's establish the proper value. Right. Good. So we've already talked a little bit about school taxes, and I was looking at the table that uh, provide, your office provided to local media recently, showing the increases will range from 17% in Grandview Heights to 70% in Hamilton uh, Local School District. How exactly does that change? 
What what's going on with those districts? Well, uh, a couple things uh, go on in those districts. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot a little away from Hamilton just because we have so few Hamilton local school district properties in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a very small sample size. So that's what's driving that up. But Whitehall, they're gonna see a 68 percent value increase, and right. so that is reflective of what's been going on in Whitehall. A lot of families are moving in there. The value to get a three to four bedroom home is very competitive. The median sales price from 2020 to 2023 has almost doubled, um, but people are able to then sell, and it's still under a $200,000 threshold where Grandview, they're at kind of the top of their market. Uh, you can get a smaller home and pay a lot, and but people are moving in because of the school district, and so that's where that distinction is. Uh, you know, you mentioned a 41 value percent increase on average across the county. Some communities are going to be higher and some are going to be lower. It's really going to be driven a lot by what's going on in the real estate market, uh, but also the other factors within their community as well. And so that's where we really want people to understand their tentative value, kind of reflect if I was going to sell the property. Um, the numbers can be eye-popping when you hear 68 or 70%, mm-hmm. um, but there's still additional information behind that. And again, it does not mean your property taxes are going up 68 or 70%. As long as there's nothing going on the ballot that is going to uh, shoot the property taxes up, it should not increase by more than 5 or 6%, which is maybe a $50 to $150 difference. Um, it really is going to be so driven by your tax district. And the example I share, uh, in 2020, when we did the triennial update, on average, property values went up 20%. Property taxes went up about 6.5%. But Gahanna, their values went up 22%. Their property taxes went up 27% because their community went to the ballot, approved a new uh, school issue, and that's what really shot up the property taxes. And so in the last three years, when people come to me and say, why did my property taxes go up so much? I ask, do you live in Gahanna? And nine out of 10 times, it's yeah, and, and we can share and, and explain that story. That's why it's so important for people to understand the value of their vote. Uh, the auditor's office will send out notification every election if there's some bond or levy that's going to impact property taxes. Uh, it's called our value of the vote mailer, and we want people to understand what you're voting on are going to have these additional uh, impacts if you're for or against it. I mean, again, uh, our community is very supportive of taxing entities, and so uh, we just want uh, everyone to understand that correlation Auditor's valuation at 35% with your taxing district, which is primarily driven by what occurs at the ballot box, is what's going to impact an increase or decrease in property taxes. So I'm I'm probably looking at this way too simplistic, but if the Whitehall taxes go up 5%, does that mean that the schools are getting 5% more money or just that it's reflected uh, reflecting what they had already voted for in previous years? It's a great question. So when a school district or any tax entity goes to the ballot, they're saying, hey, voters, for 10 years, we're trying to raise this amount of money. That amount of money does not change with the value increases or decreases. Okay. Um, There's tax equalization. There's other legislation the General Assembly passed decades ago. This is not meant to be a spike or boon for any taxing entity. So the school district doesn't get any additional money until they go to the ballot. Okay. Uh, So people often ask, well, where's that additional increase coming from? You have inside and outside millage. Inside millage can always be at a certain percentage. So there are certain entities uh, that receive that inside millage. They'll see a little uptick, but again, it is not a spike by any means. And it's really the outside millage that's what drives uh, my Gahanna example uh, for their school district. 
Okay. So I think that really the lesson there is voters know what it is you're voting for, yes or no. That doesn't mean you don't vote for school levies and library levies and senior uh, programs, but it means that you just need to understand what it is going to happen. Yes, we, we will have a ballot levy estimator. So the current tax calculator with the Know Your Home Value is a snapshot of where we are right now with your taxing district and the history nature of that taxing district. It does not, does not project if a school levy passes this fall or not, or the Columbus library system is going to go back to the ballot. does not project that. So that's going to be another education piece we're going to do in October of the value of the vote that it could have an implication if it passes. And we want people to understand that. But all I can control is this is the information we have right now. This is the snapshot of mm-hmm. where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to go there. That's a, that's a crystal ball thing I wouldn't even want to touch, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I will tell you, my staff, wow. uh, there was some pushback of even providing the snapshot because – and, and if anyone that goes to it will see there is some caveat language, I, you know, aware other jurisdictions outside Ohio would provide it. Um, but it's the second question I get, and we really wanted to be responsive of, well, what's this going to do to my property taxes? And three years ago, and it's absolutely true, I was, you can say, you know, your value goes up, your taxes go down. Your value could go down, your taxes could go up, or they could all be even. I can say that all day. For people to be able to plug in, see those numbers, I think is much more meaningful. But it is truly a snapshot of where we're at without knowing what passes or doesn't pass mm-hmm. this November. Yeah, good. In a previous podcast, we discussed a report released by your office in partnership with Age-Friendly Innovation Center. The report was called Older Adults and Property Taxes, Findings and Recommendations in Franklin County. We found that seniors affected by inflationary increases in housing, pharmaceuticals, and food costs already and already having difficulty paying property taxes, which, again, it kind of makes sense. Um, what can seniors do when their taxes are increased in this reappraisal process? Are there financial programs to assist homeowners, just are there multiple ways that seniors can approach this without freaking out going, I, I got to sell my house? So, you know? yes, yeah. there are. And we also encourage additional steps. So, so at a minimum, we want homeowners to evaluate if they qualify for the homestead exemption. Uh, that's the first pass under what the state law allows for a tax uh, reduction. Uh, homestead exemption did get a little crumb of an increase that they've now tied it to inflation in the state budget. Uh, this past year. So that'll be an incremental piece. We would like to see it expanded personally. Um, but homestead exemption, first place to start. Then there's programs both in the auditor and treasurer's office to work with older adults that qualify. Uh, property tax assistance programs, what we have in the auditor's office. So if you, it's a one-time uh, help kind of stopgap to bridge mm-hmm. through. Treasurer's going to have additional programs to help people not default. Um, want older residents to understand the implications that it may or may not have on their property taxes and then understand those programs are out there. I would contact either one of our offices and we'll clearly will work with any resident to have them understand the process. Good. Now, I would think it would be beneficial for the state of Ohio to want to encourage seniors to stay yeah, in their home. So, I mean, so, the fallout is, is that's a huge bill. I mean, so and I, I, I don't shy away point. that yeah. Ohio is not a great place to grow old from uh, based on the property tax system. And you'll continue to hear auditors and other entities. It's not a property value problem we have. It's a property tax problem. And, and the way the property taxes were established and what they fund, 
Uh, we mean some people always go back to DeRoff and that the Supreme Court said funding schools through property taxes is unconstitutional and there were some tweaks but never uh, a wholesale adjustment. Uh, there will continue to be a, additional attention to property tax uh, changes. Uh, what's occurring in Franklin County with the value increases is shared across the state of Ohio. All counties are seeing historic increases. So I think that's helping uh, the General Assembly and the state budget created a property tax study committee. Uh, hopefully that gets moving and isn't just a study committee that re- creates a report that sits on the shelf. Uh, but, you know, I was talking with a reporter today. Uh, on that piece of is Ohio a great place to grow old and on the property tax component, we see our population get older and older, but less and less qualifying for homestead exemption. Mm-hmm. Um, it, homestead has evolved over time from having both a uh, economic piece and age piece to just age, at which point a lot of Ohioans qualified. Then they were grandfathered in. They added the economic piece back. Uh, that's where it has kind of really slowed down. And the trade-off that is important to share is the General Assembly reimburses the difference in the reduction that occurs. So if you got a $500 reduction in your property taxes, the General Assembly makes that up through the state budget to then give to the taxing entities. So the taxing entities are made whole because they go to the ballot mm-hmm. and say, hey, we need to raise this money. So there, there's different levers and pieces at play, um, but many jurisdictions across the country do it very different. And Ohio, I think, could replicate that. And as long as everyone understands kind of the rules and when that budget impacts within those rules, we could be making adjustments and advocating for changes. Okay. Is there anyone in your office who is specializing in working with older adults? So we, we've got our homestead team would be kind of the one, one-stop shop mm-hmm. of the older okay. adults piece. We do have our policy component as well, and that's where we're advocating for modernizing the homestead exemption and working on other programs, PTAP also comes through that legislative uh, branch of the office. So speaking of legislation, that is the cornerstone of how our tax system was formulated and is implemented. Back in 2021, when we were talking, you listed some policy priorities you felt were really needed to support property owners such as seniors and veterans. Any changes made in the Ohio legislature to support homeowners? Uh, so, no. <laughs> Again, the, the, there was the nice crumb that was given by tying the homestead exemption to inflation. So that will grow it a little bit, but will not bring it, it up to the modernization that we've advocated for. We really would like to see more older adults being able to take advantage of that because it is a true concern. Uh, these residents want to age in that neighborhood, age in that community, and they've been there decades and they've paid for the schools and they've paid for the services. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing worse than when we hear folks concerned they're going to be property taxed out of their neighborhood. And, and so trying to put parameters and, and uh solutions together, we continue to support. Senator Herschel Craig has been a great partner. He again has introduced legislation that would cap the percentage of the tax increase um, so it wouldn't grow over a certain amount so you can project and budget a little better. Um, Also supportive, uh, we've heard from local communities that want to kind of uh, do targeted tax breaks in certain communities. So if it's an area like the South Side that's seeing this investment, but it may be driving up and pricing their older right. residents out, they could offset that. So instead of the state providing uh, the backfill to the tax entities, maybe a local jurisdiction wants to do that. Uh, we've heard and have advocated it. We're calling it the Cleveland model. Um, some great advocates and champions out of Cleveland uh, were supportive. Or we can do some circuit breakers. Uh, in certain jurisdictions, the sale is the sale. 
that will be what will be used for taxing districts until there's a change in ownership. And, and just trying to provide a little bit more stability so people don't every three years uh, have the concern of, am I going to be property taxed out and what's going on? I mean, right. we are in a perfect storm on this valuation piece. Um, you want your value to go up. Uh, you don't want it to go down. That's what's great about home ownership, about making mm-hmm. such a large investment is there is a return if it continues to grow. Um, but the way our system is, the consequences is concerning for many residents. Right. Well, you know, it, it's interesting when you think about um, benefits for seniors in the state. Back in 72, they passed the um, what we call Program 60 program at Ohio State. So anyone who's living in the state of Ohio and they don't even check to see how long you've lived here can go to school for free, go, can go to a, a higher ed campus and sit in on a class. They don't get credit, but they can go there for free. So there have to be ways, uh, creative ways to help seniors. Yeah. And, and, and the, it's going to be a little bit of criticism of term limits. I think term limits provide such short institutional knowledge mm-hmm. that it's been harder and harder to get focus and attention. Uh, you know, in Franklin County, we went out, met with our delegation, which is a lot of members of the state house, uh, both on the House and Senate side. And they understood the impact, um, but the window, particularly with the state budget, uh, is so small that once they kind of understand and get their hands around it, they're already on to the next thing. And so we will continue uh, to hit the pavement, continue to advocate. But to where we started with the question, unfortunately, we have not seen substantial changes that are addressing this. And and while a study committee, I'm always optimistic uh, that it won't just sit on a shelf you know, the solutions needed to be yesterday. Right. But we will work through the process best we can. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you've got a budget of, what, 9,000 pages or so, it's pretty tough to start talking about one little tiny paragraph of information. Absolutely. So, yeah. okay. Do you have any suggestions for finding information on property values and tax levels if a listener lives outside of Franklin County or even outside of Ohio? I mean, we've been very Franklin County-focused. Um, and we, quite frankly, I think we're pretty darn lucky what we have together, but it's like if they're listed outside of Ohio or Franklin County, you're kind of going, I don't have that. <laughs> I, I mean, I would call in, in Ohio, your county auditor's office, and, and see what information they have available. The information exists. We're not just making it up in Franklin County. <laughs> We're just presenting it in a certain way that we think mm-hmm. is digestible based on the feedback we received. Uh, county assessors, I mean, every state calls it something a little different. Uh, but I always start with their office, uh, find their subject matter experts, and understand what that correlation uh, and relationship is. So do you think you've built a model that other people, other counties may replicate then? We're very proud of it. And we do think there's going to be some tools that other counties would do. Now, will everyone be willing to put a tax tool that is uh, a tool, not a guarantee out there? Maybe not. Okay. Um, but again, second question I get. So yeah. no reason not to put that information out there. Yeah. And and yeah. the the reappraisal process is a different timeline in each county. Is that correct? Correct. So Although, not everybody's doing it at the same time. Good point. Uh, this is the year that the most counties either have a mass reappraisal or a triennial update. Some counties aren't participating at all this year. And so you're right. Department of Tax can only take so many counties at a time. There's only so many third-party appraisal companies out there. So it is stagnated across uh, the years which counties are mm-hmm. going to be updating when. And, and I have to, you know, do a shout out to my folks in Delaware County. I didn't know any of them. I, I became very um, 
Uh, they learned my name quickly when I went through this process because I was bugging them to no end. But they were incredibly supportive and informative. So don't be afraid to ask the questions. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and again, I think the my colleagues in the Auditors Association, I think we all recognize a concern of just seeing these increases in values. And I'll use Looking County as an example with the Intel investment. Uh, they had to be very smart and thoughtful of what their approach was going to be, knowing that outside investment was occurring. People were paying a premium to kind of combine parcels and put together uh, the package for this economic development opportunity. But what was that going to do to values? And so I think they were very smart in kind of what they counted and didn't count with the recognition that over time, as we add more population to Lincoln County or Franklin County or Union County or Delaware County, um, unless we continue to build more housing, that is going to drive up real estate values. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you'll really see it all kind of catch up, if you will. Um, but seeing historic increase after historic, I mean, three years ago it was a historic increase. And here we are again, three years later, um, putting some additional parameters is important. This always goes too quickly. We, we have you here and we would love to keep you forever and ever. Mm-hmm. But I think you're probably a little busy right now. Um, but Last words of wisdom. What do you want to make sure our listeners heard today? We really encourage people to learn about uh, their tenant of value, understand that value does not equate to a dollar for dollar increase to their property taxes. And if they want or feel that a change is warranted to work with the auditor's office and provide that justification, we've got a variety of ways in which to do that. Uh, but it all starts with learning and knowing your tentative value is out there. If you wait till you get your property tax bill in December, you have missed months of opportunities to engage, months of opportunities to work with our office. And while you still have uh, alternatives in which to seek a change, um, it, it's not as easy or you lose a couple bites at the apple. So, uh, you know, yes, it's August. Yeah, the weather's beautiful today, but it's been pretty hot. Um, before that, but want people to understand this process is going on. I think we've covered very well why it's going on, uh, but now homeowners have an important role to play. Good. Well, many thanks to Franklin County Auditor Michael Stinziano for joining us today. We bring the experts to the table, and if you haven't learned something through this episode, you're, you need to go back and listen again. Uh, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check out our show notes on the website. For contact information, resources will have that website as well, so you can click right through it to, uh, for the new website to check out what we just talked about in this website and in this episode, I should say. And you can find out all that information on lookingforwardourway.com. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our other podcast episodes.